0: It's the 2nd of July, 2017, and this is episode 336 of Let's Talk Bitcoin. On today's episode of Let's Talk Bitcoin, we're playing platform for the controversial talk recently given by Dr. Craig Wright on his view of Bitcoin and what his company Enchain plans to do about it. To call this talk strange is an understatement. Dr. Wright was not scheduled to speak and repeatedly insults the audience and the community at large. If he's trying to win a popularity contest, this was not the right approach. But if you can get past that, the perspective shared today is a unique one, and might not be entirely wrong. Personally, I think that Bitcoin is best driven by permissionless competition at every level. Even if we disagree, we should welcome anyone who wants to invest their lives and their money into making it better in whatever way they think it needs to be made better. If that means that their Bitcoin splits from our Bitcoin, well, we should welcome that too, because that leaves us with more space on our own chain, and when they split, we double our coins, gaining a stake in their success while contributing nothing. Anyone who cares about and wants to influence the future of Bitcoin right now in history is a person whose opinion matters and who should be encouraged to follow that urge to the best of their resources and their ability. Even now, there just aren't many of us, less than one in 10,000 in a world of billions. And we've all come to be here by making distinct choices that gave us the ability to see this new technology and appreciate why it matters, even in a time when really it doesn't. As I've said before on this show, if you can't be a shining example, you should at least be a horrible warning. Even if you disagree with Craig's vision of Bitcoin, you have to realize that he's proving that anyone with a strong desire can invest resources, and compete in the game of making Bitcoin best. For the full experience, you can watch this talk, linked in the show notes at letstalkbitcoin.com. It has charts and slides which add something but aren't absolutely required for those who prefer to listen. This episode is entirely uncut and uncensored, and Craig does swear. I think it's best to consume this talk, warts and all. Take away from it whatever you will. We join the Future of Money conference as John Matonis takes the stage. This talk is followed by a good Q&A, and feel free to email me at adam at letstalkbitcoin.com and let me know what you think. Enjoy the show. John Matonis.
1: Thank you. Thank you. Wow, what a high-quality uh, conference. Uh, thanks to the organizers for, uh, for inviting Enchain. Uh, I'm John Matonis. I'm the vice president of corporate strategy at Enchain. And nChain stands for radical on-chain scaling solutions. nChain stands for uh, creation of smart contracts using uh, Bitcoin native scripting, which is, uh, by the way, Turing complete. Uh, And and nChain also stands for micro architecture modular software, so not monolithic software. Um, You may also remember my name from a year ago when I wrote a blog post called How I Met Satoshi. It was on medium.com. Uh, received a lot, of, a lot of views, so I thank you all for reading that. Um, I wanna do something today that's a little bit uh, unusual for a Bitcoin conference. In fact, I don't think it's ever been done before at a Bitcoin conference. Um, I want to donate and, and turn over the remainder of my speaking time to a colleague of mine from Enchain. Uh, He is the legend from Sydney, Australia. He is Mr. Bitcoin Dundee, Craig Wright.
2: Okay, first thing is, uh, where's my... Oh, I got the remote, great. All right, so first of all, uh, what's this about? Anyone know their manga? We have the genesis of a new century. So that's what that's about. This is genesis of a new century. Now, current problem. We have the seven, uh, which really four sort of uh, issue. We have this little tiny scaling issue. We have nothing. Okay, see that whole screen? That whole screen is payments. See that little pixel there? That's Bitcoin. That's what we are right now. We are right down there. That little tiny pixel is Bitcoin. We are nothing. We like to think we're something right at the moment. We are not. If we want to be something, we need to scale and radically, not off chain, not moving some of the security into side chains and splitting the model. We need to, right now, today, start scaling. In 2009, we had more scalability than we do right now. Problem. We have this idea. We have things that are being said, we have people changing the story. We have a lot of 1984 double speak. We have people telling us what we should believe. People lying to us about what, you, uh, what everyone wants to think. And we're going to change that narrative, not because we want, well, an idea that someone has of an idea, but because we want scientific truth. We want evidence. We want facts. We want more. What we need We need the unseen. Everyone know our famous little economist journalist from France, the seen and the unseen. Bastiat, who people considered him not an economist. In France, the philosophers said he was not an economist because he says things that are so obvious. The seen and the unseen. We are seeing Bitcoin we are not seeing the entire system. The entire system is everything we're competing with, which will crush us. We have other things that we're trying to build into the system that will crush us. When we split Bitcoin into millions and millions of pegged systems, when we add inflation, when we create these side chains, that, by the way, are patented and are controlled and happen to be owned and happen to be managed and monitored, then we give away the security model. If 100% of everything mines Bitcoin and controls Bitcoin, that's a security model that is hard, that no government can take over, no company can take over, no one takes over. Bitcoin can scale right now. What is it? Well, we can't do that. There's no limit on demand. Good. I don't want a limit on demand. I want every person on this globe using not altcoins, not whatever else. I want them using Bitcoin. I don't want some bullshit argument about, oh, people will use it and it will be bad. Very simple. Very easy. Good. When every single person on this globe pays for their cup of coffee, pays for their uh, whatever they want every day using one single central uh, currency, and I'll say central, one distributed central currency that is not controlled, that is hard money. That's what Bitcoin is about, hard, central, controlled No one can change money. The problem is central banks inflate. Who here actually knows what the um, Genesis block message was about? Who's read the Times page? What happened in the page? What was being discussed? They were considering buying the toxic assets. The government was saying the naughty banks, who were just given billions to, refuse to change their business model and risk their money again. And if they don't do it, we're going to buy them and nationalise them. So great, we're going to incentivize banks further to make crappier loans. What a great thing. No upper limit to scale. Good. Economic game theoretic systems. This is what Bitcoin is about. It is economic. Timing models. One vote per CPU. This is a republic. It is not a uh, uh, demagoguery. It is not where people get to yell and scream and lie. And very soon, We're going to change that narrative. Very soon, people are going to discover that when you start lying and when you troll, that there are consequences. So, what is a node? A node is not every little tiny Raspberry Pi running everywhere. The machines running Bitcoin in January 2009 were bigger than every single Raspberry Pi. Not a single one of them. The machines hell ran. The machines bear ran. Everyone else who joined this thing, at that point, had bigger machines running these damn things. And now we have this idea that we can't run it on a little, tiny, incy-wincy, insignificant machine. Who cares? What is more important, you having a copy of the blockchain or you having money that no one can manipulate? Honestly. Start thinking. These whole utopian ideas of how you spend money are wrong. Economic fundamentals matter. Lightning doesn't work because no one spends that way. I do not go over to Waitrose or whatever your store is anywhere and ask them to take a bag of carrots and give me money. That's the bi-directional models. They don't work. I don't go down the road in some big co-op and go, well, I've just made a a box of widgets. How about you give me money for it and whatever else? Barter never really existed, ever. What we have now is a system that changes everything. Our new generation, our new genesis, is the creation of the first ever hard money. The first money that allows for freedom. Gold was never hard because we never had it. When Nixon took America off the gold exchange standard, which wasn't a gold standard, do you know how much of that gold was actually there? Around 5%. So they didn't actually have the gold that they were backing their currency with. So, SBP and merchants. Merchants give a rats. When you go and you pay a merchant, They care that they get the payment. They're the ones who want zero conf. They're the ones who know what they can and can't risk. When you pay a merchant, you don't care that your payment hasn't or has been accepted straight away. You care that you've handed the payment over and you've walked out the store with the goods and you've got a receipt. More than that, who cares? You're not going to sit there and want to validate that the merchant um, actually got paid. Really, you don't care. So, what we need, we need to move away from these silly ideas that we need to split Bitcoin into little bits so that everyone can own their little bit of Bitcoin. Everyone wants Segwit. 1984 doublespeak. Everyone does not want SegWit. Everyone is being cowed. I'm sure everyone has seen all the fun media about myself and my family. Well, here's the thing for you. I do have those degrees. That so-called PGP key was given to Mr Maxwell, I would say, because the Australian tax office approached Blockstream. And ask them about my affairs and dealings in May 2015. The people involved in the tax office have been arrested. So my tax issues are zero but there are some issues for other people about to come because when you lie and when you say things that aren't true there are consequences and we're going to make sure that these consequences hit these people hard. SegWit is not scale. That is what we get with a block size increase. That is what we get with SegWit. If you have a 4 meg block, if you have a 16 meg block, you multiply it by 4. That is not scale. What you do to scale is you increase the throughput, and you get more for a four meg block than you do any time that you have this split system that needs to be run, that you can't really delete because you have to keep if if you're a merchant, if you're a financial organisation, saying, oh, well, you can keep it. Where the hell is the actual benefit of deleting stuff that you can't delete? Each transaction requires more bandwidth. It's very simple. It takes more. The answers you've been given about how terrible all this is, run multi-threaded systems. Stop arguing that it needs to be put on Raspberry Pis so that they can lie to you and tell you that it needs to be moved off to other systems. It doesn't. One of the things, we yes, we patent. I'm not afraid to say that. Unlike Greg and whatever else, we will choose what we do with our technology. That's not bad. I created things. I get to choose my choice. I will put some out free. We will put some out otherwise our choice. But at the end of the day, scale needs to happen. And it needs to happen now. And it is not quadratic due to um, all these other problems they're saying. Here's the thing no one's talking about. This quadratic scaling issue, it's added to Bitcoin. It is added. Follow the code base. It is easy to fix. I know several, Bitcrust, um, Bitcoin Unlimited, and our team all independently picked this out and fixed it. Our team did it in about three hours. That's your scalability. Doing multi-threading and putting things off to Xeon Phi cards, any idea how many SIGOPs we can achieve now? Anyone? 500000 per second. That's scale. And yes, that's a $20,000 machine. Quite frankly, I don't care about Raspberry Pis. If you have been in Bitcoin since 2009 and you can't afford a $20,000 node to help this network, piss off. And I will say that one again. If you will not do this, if you will not help this network, and if you will not take this thing that has given you financial sovereignty, you financial freedom, you financial independence, and help other people by spending a little bit of money on a decent network, fuck off. That's it. O2, poor code, shit code. That's why we need competition. That's why not just core, anyone should be able to release their own and compete fairly. If you make a better solution and you put it out to market, you compete fairly through competition because people use your product, not because you're cowed into um, DDoS attacks or anything like that, not because of all of that. Bitcoin Unlimited found the floor as well. Some of these things that um, Unlimited have been doing, very innovative. At the end of the day, Moore's Law, our friend, the smallest transistor, well... I've probably been superseded already, but um, when I, I've got a paper coming out on this, and the editors uh, picked out that I made a mistake because I said a two-nanometer transistor, and it turns out there's now a one-nanometer transistor. When all this happened, people were arguing, because of quantum tunnelling, this is impossible. At six nanometers, it will never be done. Guess what? It's been done. So... Stop this, oh, we can't do it. Oh, everything's a bad idea. The reality is we need to start being optimistic, positive. Build, allow competition, allow free access to code, allow people to actually start competing, not building little walled bloody gardens. Bitcoin, I've got lots of people saying this is bullshit. It's in the code. Flood control. It worked. Why? Because of the value of it. It didn't work way back then and people could have done these things and hell and bear got their way and put this bloody cap on there. Quite frankly, um, I'm disgusted with half the community. Anyone know who bear is? Bear is credit. Bear, uh, that was his name on Reddit and whatever else. Bear was the third person uh, involved properly running nodes and whatever else. You can look up who he is. He's a friend of mine. So one of the things that happened to him, he came on and started talking. Mr. Maxwell, others, ripped the shit out of him. And he's gone back to being a curmudgeon like I like being. He doesn't talk anymore. He doesn't get involved anymore. And he's a shit hot coder. Better than anyone I have met um, in any of the core areas, by far, and he's no longer involved. Not because um, his ideas were shit, but because people didn't like what he was saying and shot him down, made death threats against him, added things against his family. That's gotta change. Flood control works. If you are getting a big block and someone's paying you to put transactions in there because we want five billion people using this, which miner is going to turn it away? If you get paid a little tiny amount per transaction, then you buy another hard drive and you take it. This is capitalism. It is competition. It is brutal and ruthless and it works. If you can't keep up, bye-bye. Segregated witness, typical problem right now in this bloody industry. Scientific method, it doesn't exist. We just tell people, this is what you're going to do. When you want a scientific process, you come up with an idea and then you test it. Removing incentives. What incentive is there to be a miner of a little bit of a shitcoin settlement for everything else? When you're getting money from everyone, how does Coke make money selling sugar water? They do it because volume. They don't make huge profits because of charging you 99 percent of the can. They make a fraction of a cent on every can, but they sell a lot. Miners want to make money, then velocity matters. Velocity of money scales the price. If you increase use, you double, right now, Bitcoin, and velocity formula tells you that you, two times 0.94 with the inflationary amount, times the value. If you scale 100 times, price from velocity alone increases 94 times. What miner will not take 100 times the block size if they get 100 times the fees? Any miner here will say, piss off, I don't want 100 times the amount of value from Bitcoin. No? Okay. Overall. Every time we split into side chains, we take away a little bit about what secure is the network. Every time we do that, it becomes less secure. Every time we create an altcoin, less secure. Every competing option that takes something from the overall network makes this one, once in a lifetime, once in any part of history experiment, less secure. Viable. Bitcoin differs in that it's the only scarce good that has truly existed. Gold wasn't. Gold has been manipulated, changed, etc. Gold has been flooded. After the Spanish came and discovered um, the Americas, or rediscovered really, there was something called the reign of gold and the reign of silver. Ships, big galleons, would come in and they would deposit all the silver and, and gold that they'd taken and within weeks it was all gone. No industries were built, just luxuries. And that's, what ha- uh, that's the difference. As soon as you start inflating things, as soon as you start changing it, allowing side channels, side chains, then, well, you take everything that matters away. Selfish mining. A lot of these problems started because of that. We've got a paper coming out soon. It's gone through editing and um, all the rest. And um, uh, there are several versions because my mathematical version is going to scare the shit out of everyone um, because uh, I actually happen to be a mathematician. So, scary word that is. Basically, it's flawed premises. Bitcoin is not a Poisson model. It approximates a Poisson model. When we have these little... Uh, diagrams people like to do for queuing models, well, one, you would need to use a negative binomial even to be right there, but that's even wrong. They're only correct if you have no deviation, if no one defects. The Poisson is only approximate if everyone is doing what they're meant to do and never changes. So we're releasing the actual mathematics and how things work in Bitcoin, which Some people will understand and those who don't can put it into a computer program. And the computer can simulate it. Then we start getting all these things correct. Now, the model, uh, Emmons deleted every aspect of any code he ever wrote for uh, his model, but luckily I have some. I kept it and archived it for him because, well, he would never want to have the fact that he missed all these things. Now, lost to posterity. Now, when you create a model in science, you test it. You don't test your model. That's what we're all doing right now. We're building a model and testing our model. That just tells you you have a model. Who cares? If you can't run it on Bitcoin, who cares? One of the things in Slack channels I've been doing at the moment is I have been incentivizing people to do things I've already done. There is a selfish minor test run on VMs going at the moment. Real VMs, real tests, real whatever else. And I'm funding it. That doesn't mean it's not independent. I have said you get paid because I put it into a third party escrow either way. I put Bitcoin up to pay for all the VMs and all the testing. And all the code and it will all be public. So it's not just my math, I'm getting it independently verified by other people in the community, over and over. So Turing completeness. I've had a lot of shit about this one. Guess what? You're all wrong. It is. What you're not going to get is you've missed it. There are actually Uh, We have what is called a decider in Bitcoin. It follows some of the predicate logic of Godel. Godel, back around the time of Turing, wrote a lot of mathematics around the ideas of predicate systems. If you're a mathematician, you would know this shit. But not everyone is. So Bitcoin is a 2PDA. Now 2PDA, all those little squigglies there. Um, Unfortunately, once again, uh, they're actually from one of the papers I've got coming out. Those little squigglies actually mean that it is Turing complete. I'm not going to explain that to you right at the moment. I'm going to say that anyone recognize what that is? That's a Wolfram 110. Anyone know what a Wolfram 110 is? It is the simplest Turing complete system. That's in Bitcoin. It was running until a few months ago. We had PSOs in Bitcoin running. They died. Unfortunately, they starved to death in fees. (laughs) Um, So we had the first uh, self-evolving code in Bitcoin that ran for two years and you can... There are people who know about these now. That's why I'm mentioning them. They've been discovered. It's not just me. They're dead because they can't afford the fees. And I'm not going to fund a thing that requires uh, $3 uh, every bloody block to keep running. It becomes expensive very quickly. When it's low fees, all sorts of things can run. (coughs) So these are there. IP to IP transactions. Does no one look at the old code anymore? We keep saying, this is not meant to be there. The market database in Bitcoin allowed IP to IP transactions. There was a reason for these. The whole idea is to have a post merchant type solution. I should be able to go up and just tap something. And I don't even give a shit, honestly, whether my transaction has settled properly All I care about is going up to the merchant. And the merchant will propagate my transaction. Why will the merchant propagate my transaction? Because they want to get paid. Merchants are not going to sit there and go, well, maybe at the end of the month I'll run all this shit. They won't because you will double spend. Merchants have the incentive to ensure that ZeroConf works right now. Why? Because they want to be paid. It's very simple. Economics makes this work. It is not security toys. It is not any of these little fluffy bits of crap that we say are really securing the network. I've worked in the security industry for a long time. I've been a pariah in that industry a long time. Because I, way back when, have said economics matters. I'm on uh, Richard um, Belich's site as security clown because uh, I put a risk algorithm that everyone takes a little tiny bit out of context and, and says, do you know where that risk algorithm is used right now? When you have two factor and you get um, SMS and other updates to your phone for internet banking, that's that il- algorithm. So. My fluffy little piece of crap algorithm happens to be running on banks globally. So he can call me a clown all he wants. Quite simply, I got paid for it. I don't care. (laughs) Wallets to merchants. We need to start building better wallets. I cannot do front ends to save myself. I'm a good low-level coder. I can do library code, things like that. Other people can do other things. My front ends suck. Now, here's the thing. We've had eight years, and you know how good our front ends are in Bitcoin? They suck. They suck. All of them. I don't care who gets offended on this one. Every one of our bloody front ends, right at the moment, our wallets suck. We need competition in that. We need people making. Really shit-easy ones. When I started De uh, Morgan in Australia as sort of a line of companies and whatever else, before I moved out here, the thing I gave to our staff uh, and what I want, my grandmother has to be able to use this. My grandmother has to be able to just make a payment. She doesn't use computers, although, I mean, my uh, grandfather before he died was one of the earliest users of computers in Australia and all the rest, uh, with Melbourne IT and other things he did. My grandmother stays away. She's 96 and she's not gonna change. But she needs to be able to use money. The early days, we had poker nodes in Bitcoin. We had merchant databases in Bitcoin. All of this has been stripped. It shouldn't be in the main core protocol. Wallets need to be developed independently. Why? Because that's how they compete. We don't want one. We want a world using Bitcoin. That simple. We want it secure and we want it able to be used between many people. Replaceable transactions versus replace by fee. Replaced by fee is the biggest piece of shit ever created. And I'm going to say that very nicely because that's not actually what I feel about it. But I've been told I'm not allowed to actually say my true feelings, so I'll just put it lightly which it's complete utter shit. (laughs) Replaceable transactions. When you hadn't broadcast something to the network and you were negotiating our payment channel, that was valid. Why? Because You're negotiating. When you send it to a miner and you allow a miner to start playing with it, zero confirmation doesn't work. Risk is not perfect. Every system, everyone is probabilistic. There is no single system ever created that is not probabilistic in security. Does anyone here know what Alan Alan Turing was before he became famous as a cryptographer? He was a Bayesian statistician. In the early days, statistics and Bayes theory and things like that were the core of creating risk-based systems. Right now, we seem to have forgotten that. We seem to have forgotten that we cannot ever Get a perfect system. We don't drive around in tanks, we drive in cars, we fly. Anyone here done something stupid like bungee jumping or jumping out of a plane? Yes, I have. I, I pushed our kids out of the plane too. Um, <laughs> and not because they gave me the shits either. What we need are payment systems. We need merchants who give a shit. Merchants will do these things. If we start doing um, unlimited block size strategies where we just allow things to grow, our cost goes there. Visa cost goes there. We can run cheaper than Visa on our network right now. We can scale bigger than Visa right now. And here is the thing that they're lying to you about, Bloody bullshit from people like Luke and everyone in CORE. What they really want to to destroy is corporate companies. That's what they fear. Companies do not act together. Companies are people. You can own shares in a company. You can start a company. You can control a company. You can compete. But if you can't compete, buy and let someone else do it for you. Companies aren't evil. Some companies are. Some companies aren't. Some people are. Some people aren't. It is always about the incentives. And at the end of the day, this is our incentive. If we have 100,000 nodes and we have that because of merchants, we have a system that is more distributed than Bitcoin right now or any other system. And we can actually do that right now. If we get away from the idea that every single person needs to run a bloody raspberry Pi and start scaling, then we get real financial sovereignty for everyone. Not manipulated money, not altered money, real hard, free currency. And that's what this is about. Whenever you hear someone who's an anarchist or socialist, and I'm not going to get into the debate about an anarcho-capitalist type thing, that's a different thing altogether, but I mean a socialist, anarchist or whatever else, the issue is they're anarchist because they're not the ones in power. That's all they want. They don't want your freedom. They want control. What we have is not running your node. That is a myth. What we have is we scale. We scale big. Then no one stops it. No government stops it. No company takes control. We scale. We win. So if we look at this little Moore's Law bit, we have storage grows. At home, I'm one of these evil people who actually have uh, invested a lots of uh, uh, electricity-sucking power away and um, do my best to make sure that I take all that uh, sort of electricity and make heat and uh, help global warming or whatever else because uh, at home I've got several petabytes worth of storage and that's my home. And each of these people who say, we should not be part of um, running things out big who have been there for a long time, again, time to wake up and start actually supporting the network or piss off. We want to scale big time. Now, what we need to do, Moore's Law is going to continue. Like it or not, to paraphrase a quote from Greg, if we just rely on Moore's Law, that's not a real scaling solution because we haven't done anything. Who cares? It works. If other people create systems that make our life easier, why is that bad? If we scale a thousand times in 10 years, that's good. Over time, it will get bigger and bigger. It will get used more and more. As Peter is so afraid of There is no top, and if there's no top, good. The faster, the higher the velocity of money, the more it's worth. Linear growth, who cares? We have number of Bitcoin transactions. If we scale, we go past Visa, we go past MasterCard, and we get to a point where we exceed all global transactions. Then we succeed. When we get, in this number of years, way past everyone else, we win. There is no attacks of centralization or anything like that. It becomes too big. When it's small, it's easy to stop. It's easy to manipulate. It's easy to control. When you Add side chains, when you add other things that take away from the core of the network, you steal the security model. You steal the value. When you do this, that's what destroys Bitcoin. We have an unlimited block strategy. Stop thinking short term. We're not. I'm here not for the short term, like it or not, You're not getting rid of me, we're going to be here 20 years. And it's very simple. We'll help create, release and aid with code development that is not going to be taking from the core system. We will scale radically. And if you don't want to come along, stiff shit. I don't care. I'm not going to be nice like Jimmy wants. It's very simple. You're with us or you're against us. And if you want to be against, that's your problem. We're going to compete. But we're going to compete by growing the value. And we're going to make this grow rapidly. Because when it grows, that's where the value happens. Connection. We want easy connectivity, easy use. We want people to be attracted to using it because it is safe and secure and simple and flow. We want an exchange of value. All those things that make economics work. We want to remove the block cap. We want to have a non-Segwit pool and we're going to announce that too. We're going to create a pool that will not run Segwit. We will build up a non-Segwit pool and we will fund it. And if we see SegWit transactions, we'll reject them. That simple. So I talked about a cartel, and I'm not going to run the cartel, but we're going to reject SegWit transactions. So if someone else runs it, I don't care. But I don't accept SegWit. I'm not going to. And we are going to build a pool that doesn't do that. And anyone who wants to join in that, great. If we see SegWit... We'll reject it. Out of hand, full stop. And we can do that. You advertise both parts of the chain. So we will watch for SegWit transactions, not pay to script hash generally, SegWit. And anything SegWit, bye-bye. Which means you're slower. Because we will take at least 20% of the market. And we will do that, and we will build that pool and it's coming very soon. And if you want to be slower, run SegWit. But that requires a hard fork. It will require a hard fork. You can't, can't just run the pool and, yeah. you know, uh, and you're going to reject the transaction. Card of a You
1: don't need to include
2: SegWit in the block. I don't need to include it. I don't need to hard fork. I, as a miner, choose. People don't choose what I do as a miner. I can reject a block. Any time I want. It is about time that the miners started realising their role in this industry. The miners set the rules. Not every user. Not everyone out there. Network distribution. You're all wrong. Giant node versus outlying wallets. We, these are connectivity graphs. What we have in Bitcoin is as we get more and more connectivity, we get more and more reachability. This is how it actually works. What we have in Bitcoin is not all these other things where people are talking about power law, scale free, etc. They are not Bitcoin because Bitcoin was always economic. Any node gets more connectivity over time. That is part of the protocol. The bigger your node is, the bigger the number of connection pools. If you run a Raspberry Pi, you are cutting yourself off from most of the network. In graph theory, it is not how many vertices. It is the edges that matter. It is the connectivity between the graph that matters. So, you're all getting it wrong. Very simple. You don't do node count. Node count is shit. It has zero relevance. Read the mathematics. Zero. That that is Bitcoin. That is the actual model of Bitcoin. Those gray areas in the middle. That is the connectivity between the main nodes. It is that dense. There's a distance in Bitcoin of D equals 1.32. Later this year, I'm not sure how we're going to do it, but we're going to start releasing data. I don't know how because we have petabytes. That is also part of it. It is bigger than a small world model. It is not anything that people are talking about. It is not a mesh. You send one transaction in 2.3 seconds, once it hits the network, 99.98% of the hash power has your transaction. It can take 25 seconds to get to 99% of the network, but it's the hash power that matters. Who gives a rat if your little Raspberry Pi gets it late? You're not going to put it in a block anyway. If you don't have it in a block, it isn't part of Bitcoin. That's drilling into that network. This is what people think it is. This is what lightning is. It's a mesh with lots of little hops, central nodes, etc. Red Balloons and Bitcoin. A group of Microsoft mathematicians went over and did the mathematics behind sibling and other things. Any network with a distance of three plus can always be sibled. Mathematically proven, always. Every time you do it. That, Lightning, can have 80 hops. Not eight. 80, that means it is always vulnerable to attack. Not sometimes, always. It is mathematically proven. Read the paper, read their results. Bitcoin doesn't get symbols because it has a distance under three. What we end up with is Bitcoin The problem, people don't get the difference in words. Bitcoin is highly centralised because it has high centrality. That lightning mesh is actually more of what we are arguing is centralised. In mathematical terms, Bitcoin is more distributed than any network globally has ever been. It has less chance of ever being hijacked than anything that has ever been created. There's a recent paper on routing in Bitcoin. It's wrong. Not because you can't hijack ASNs, but because there are so many links. You can knock a node off and attack an individual, but you don't need to take over an ASN to do that. Now, what they also failed to say is, if you did that attack, You would take over 99% of commercial internet providers. You would take over every military network on Earth. You would take over uh, all of the uh, telecoms links. And do you think attacking all these core routers and doing that will be allowable just because it's Bitcoin? I mean, honestly, folks to attack these routers and take over the core um, BGP systems? Well, not going to happen. Yes, ISPs can make you um, part of the... Well, they can prune you. Have two. Use your phone. Use 3G. Whatever. Multi-home. So, it is a semi-complete ring. It is actually bigger than a small world network. These transaction graphs, people keep doing, are not Bitcoin, they are how economics works. When you have a transaction graph of transactions going from party A to B to C to D, that's how people spend money, not how nodes connect. Have we not thought about that? You can't model Bitcoin looking at how transactions flow between addresses. You look at the connectivity from the nodes. There are 1.2 million edges just over on the Bitcoin network right now. The entire UASF pool has 36,500 edges. Any idea what effect they have? Well, about... 0.3%, they can 0.3% the network as they isolate themselves and do nothing. As I said, I have no idea how the hell we're going to get it out. We're going to start doing something to get, uh, Jimmy and and others will have fun trying to arrange this. Uh, I've just got a shitload of data. Uh, There's petabytes. (laughs) I have no idea how the hell we're going to distribute it. Uh, That's other people's problems. I'm good at making those. So we have data going back to actually January 2009. It's been captured since then, right down to uh, to, um, uh, network dumps in the works. So, scale growth and vision. We need to scale. We need real leadership. There should be no king in Bitcoin. There will be no king in Bitcoin. We are a community and it is time we start acting like one. There are a few things happening and they will become very public very soon. But um, Jimmy and things will get really upset if I start talking about them right now. So, blame Jimmy. Everyone, that's Jimmy. Okay. We need sustainable operations. We need innovation. We need to attract companies. Not like Luke and his, oh, we wanna keep away these companies, we need to attract companies. We want banks to use Bitcoin. And if you don't, then I don't care, I'm going to make it happen. Very simple. You don't like it, find an altcoin and compete with me. But. Split off Bitcoin and compete with me. And we're going to compete hard. co You can help us. You can try and harm us. But at the end of the day, I want fee-based controls. I want people to use Bitcoin as much as you want them to. We want this global. I don't want a few geeks using Bitcoin. I want my grandmother buying her gum or whatever else on Bitcoin. When that happens, when some small individual who doesn't matter to most of us uses Bitcoin, it succeeds. I was in Ghana a few years ago. In Ghana, you see these half-built houses and people are proud of them. Any idea why people have all these half-built houses? Well, no bank mortgages, yes, but it's also saving. They go out there, every now and again, they buy a bag of cement, they buy some more bricks and they build another wall. They can't sell the house until it's finished, but it's an incentive. They can then invest and save. Right now, they can't use a bank. They can't hide money because it'll be stolen. They'll be... Um, extorted, Bitcoin means that they have a real alternative. It is proper financial sovereignty. Not because they run a bloody node. Because they have their keys. One of the things that we have coming very shortly, it's in our first lot of patents that are coming out, we have a split key system, so exchanges and wallets and whatever else will never have control. You and the other party can use a type one Bitcoin address and no one has control. The exchange cannot steal your money. There will never, ever be a Mt Gox ever on this. You can't cheat the exchange either. They will be happy because you can't lie. You can't cheat, you can't steal. Between all of that, then we don't need trust. Right now, we are building systems that are just like we had before. So yes, we have some new code and new things coming out, and that will enable you to have split keys. Not because you've got a USB key or whatever else, or uh, whatever other hardware wallets are out there, but because you can have a shared key infrastructure where you and the exchange both act together. So fee structures, um, I'll talk to people about that if they want later, but the idea is we want something that scales. We want innovation, development, profitability. Profit does not go down to zero. Profit goes to the innovators, those who create. If you make something that is better, a faster ASIC, a faster wallet, a faster SIGOP, get paid for it. That's what Bitcoin is really about. It is not socialist. It is libertarian. That is capitalist, not crony capitalism, not getting money from government, capitalism where people compete. So we are going to add structures to make sure that DDoS doesn't happen. In case people don't know, my past has been with casinos for a long time. I've done a lot of things right back from Lasseter's. I set up the first internet casino that had a licence. That was me and my company. And we've been attempted to be dosed, and attempted to be knocked off, and attempted to be basically screwed by everyone who wants to take money and extort us for many years. Whether it's poker, whether it's gaming, whether it's whatever else. And it's controllable and stoppable. And we're going to ensure with what we're setting up that miners and others know how to run a proper network without being knocked off the damn network. Future, we want to increase revenue streams. Everyone, and I mean everyone, should be making money here. We want to ensure that we have transaction and custodial-based revenue. Not us, everyone. This is a big, big potential industry. This is something that is Global in nature. We are getting there. We're nearly at 10. 10 years. We should be competing with Visa now. Not later, not whatever else, now. It is coming up on 10 years. That is 1,000 times the scale. And we are not growing. $30 billion is not big. $30 billion is pissant. That that dot there, Bitcoin, when that dot there is everything, we have succeeded. And only when it is everything. (coughs) Thank you.
1: Take questions. Sorry, questions. Yeah,
2: Uh, questions. All right. Oops. Sorry. (laughs) All right.
0: Here, here, here! Please, on here, because this is being live streamed. I found out, and I'll get you. Nakamoto, uh, I have uh, dual questions. So, first, concerning your blog post uh, about you proving to be Satoshi, uh, why had it a fake proof? And secondly, uh, someone mentioned it already. It will be a uh, hard fork what you are proposing. So, will you dump your millions of bitcoins on the old chain and buy your new uh, Bitcoin Unlimited coins? That's my question.
2: Um, quite frankly, none of your business. have my economic sovereignty. I am financially secure. I'll do whatever the fuck I want with my money. That's the nature of Bitcoin. It is about financial sovereignty. And that means not answering to anyone about what the fuck I want to do. Did you actually read the post? Yes. Then obviously you didn't get it. Yeah, and I never said anything other than the Sartre bit. Did you actually know what Sartre said? If I sign Nobel Prize winner, I am not the same. There is no fucking king. There is no glorious leader. One thing I will do, yes, someone got it right. I am here to kill off Satoshi. Not in the way that you want, because there is not going to be some great leader standing above. It is not going to be what Cor tried to do with Nick. There is not going to be one person that we come and answer to. It will be the best ideas, the best solutions. Not because you think they're the best, because the market does. And the market votes with their dollars. And eventually, the market is going to vote with their bloody Bitcoins. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> there was a second part of your question, so can you answer the second question about hard-walking? Um, is the governance model of Bitcoin. If you don't like it, you change the code by hard-fork. And if people follow you, you win. If you don't, you lose money. That's called capitalism, folks. Bitcoin is capitalist. It is not socialist. It was never, ever, ever designed to be socialist. It can't be. The bigger your node is, the more the edges you hold. That is a matter of economics. If you have a bigger node than the guy next door with a Raspberry Pi, you get better connectivity. Yes. All right. Yeah. And everyone,
0: let's talk through these so we can record this for posterity. Start with you. be <laughs> next. Thank you. Um, you were talking about um, starting a mining pool. And, yes. And um, not accepting SACWID transactions. Did you mean not accepting them in your own blocks or not accepting a chain with SACWID transactions in them? Because I think that's where some of the
2: hard fork questions are coming from. Um, we may do both. There will be definitely a pool that won't accept them and mine them, um, depending on what happens and what other people who join the pool desire, because this is what capitalism is about. So it could be a potential hard fork then? Could be, yes. All
1: right, thank you. I have uh, two questions. Uh, Seek your opinion on uh, subchains to improve zero-conf security with weak blocks and your opinions on transaction malleability and um, for the IDs and if that has
2: to be fixed? I'll answer the second one first. No, it doesn't. There is no need to fix it. There are ways of doing it with um, uh, pay to child. There are other things that can be done. In fact, there are also uses for malleability. On top of that, you can create malleable signatures um, that don't change. You are able to create a payment address without using the private key. You basically create a paid to address and transaction that is self-signed and you then pay to that address and that's the chain. If the thing is malleated and doesn't go to the transaction, it all fails and it all falls apart. Otherwise you have an unmalleable transaction. You can do that because of the nature of EDCSA, or ECDSA. Basically, instead of calculating um, using the K value and whatever else, the random, you change it round and you have a key based on the random and then calculate um, the respondent um, sort of public private key pair after the signature. So you reverse the math. and. Um, It is actually um, uh, reversible that way.
1: Interesting, so So, the second thing was on subchains.
2: If they're valid and they compete and whatever else and they don't take away from the main model of uh, Bitcoin, then great, all for it. Thanks. All right, any other questions? All right, way back here.
1: Wow, this is a long room. (laughs) Hello Hello, thank you for speaking. Um, I was just wondering if you could directly address Ethereum, Ethereum scaling and Ethereum security, and kind of broadly your, your, your thoughts on Ethereum and how uh, it's kind of taken a much larger role in this in this ecosystem. And thank you.
2: Okay, May 2013, I got a whole pile of shit from Mr. Peter Todd because I'm a Bitcoin maximalist. I'm still a Bitcoin maximalist. Thank you.) <laughs>
0: <laughs> Thank you for being here in Arnhem. we really appreciate. Could you reflect on when you wrote the paper in 2008, if you could have made free changes to basically be beat visa at this very moment, what are the free changes you would have made in the first level of the, software, the first version of the software?
2: I will never confirm nor deny the first part of that. Um, But what I will say, if uh, I was answering in that way, my comment would be the first bit would be um, making sure that there were better front ends. I mean, um, the front end to Bitcoin sucks. I would also make sure that the flood control didn't disappear with a cap. that should have been fought a lot harder, but um, if you actually read the history there, uh, Ray and, um, and Hell had different ideas. Both of them didn't think the idea of non-inflationary money would work because government would stop it, whatever else. So uh, that would be something that should have been fought harder for, but anyway, that's a different issue. So three things. Some better explanations and better help guides would have been great. Not in the code, but outside the code. If you read the early version of the code, you will find a lot of comments. You will find explanations of why things are done. You will find other things. The market database, I would say, probably should have been pushed a lot harder. A POS system. There should have been something that helped merchants and actually got them to understand this. Um, It was allowed to be stripped out. It shouldn't have been. It's important. It does, I mean, you can build it now and it won't change the um, base protocol. So, no hard fork, no whatever else. IP to IP transactions don't require a hard fork, don't require a soft fork, don't require anything else. It just requires someone to build it. Hello, uh, my name is Ken Shishido. I am a Tokyo meetup group organizer since 2013, have hosted, personally hosted 157 meetups uh, since then. I have a simple question.
0: Why do you think uh, Satoshi used Japanese name? Is there, <laughs> is there any specific reason? I just
2: would like to know your opinion. Thank you. Um, well... I had a single mother, and um, one of the guys who helped bring me up was Japanese, and um, um, I'm I'm sure he would find it very cool because I thought it was a cool culture. (laughs) I mean, the whole idea of Japanese culture in many ways is exciting. It reminds me of some of the Roman Empire, uh, back before they became uh, no longer a republic. It's people actually working together. Not um, the same sort of competition we think we need to have in the West, but people working actively together, including companies. You don't see many companies in the West pulling together in coopetition anymore. We seem to think we need to actually fight each other, that it's a zero-sum game. But trade isn't a zero-sum game. There was a Tokugara period philosopher who talked about trade in Japan. He happens to have, well, part of the name of uh, uh, Satoshi Nakamoto, His, his name was Nakamoto, and he wrote about how Japan needed to open up and have trade with the West. That we need to work together and it will build a big strong country. And we need to work together and build a big strong Bitcoin. It doesn't matter whether we like each other, whatever else, we're all in the same boat. We are not here to try and stifle Bitcoin. We want Bitcoin to be the financial sovereignty and security mechanism for the world. It is not just censorship resistance. We get that by being big. If five billion people are using Bitcoin, there is no censorship. You try and tell me if 17,000 banks, and there are 17,000 banks on earth, only run nodes, which is more than we have now, if only those banks run them, you tell me that they're going to collude together. When was the last time you saw a successful cartel in real life actually stay together? They don't. They all require government aid. Even De Beers is falling apart. De Beers was the longest cartel in history because they owned governments. They owned Rhodesia. They owned Sierra Leone. They don't anymore. So even they are falling apart. Hi, um, what do you think is gonna happen to governments when Bitcoin does take over? (laughs) (coughs) One, they're going to have to be honest. I don't know if they can actually do that, but they're going to have to learn because they can't manipulate the money anymore. If you have a money supply that everyone uses, even if they have fiat and they require payment in fiat, then you can just exchange. And if they print more fiat, your Bitcoin goes up in value. So, it becomes a situation like we had in um, Zimbabwe. They quickly try and print more money, and you become more valuable. And they try and print more, and they make a race to the bottom for themselves. So, either they start actually not lying, they start being honest about things, and start treating all their policies economically, or they die. And by economically, I mean every time you make some bullshit political statement saying we're going to do X, Y, and Z, it comes at a cost. Everything is economic. Every life you save is a life that you sacrifice. When you take money away to give to healthcare, there are other uses. Money is a scarce good. Scarce economic goods have alternative uses. You always have things at the margin and you always have to trade one for the other. There is never everything. It is always a choice. And they have to start being honest in that choice.
1: Uh,
2: hi. Uh, what would, we, uh, would be the tangible opportunities for Bitcoin in the world of B2B? B2B, I mean. Business to business? Business to business, exactly. And this is the first question, and the second question would be about the new credit cards, uh, Visa cards which are linked to Bitcoin, and they just uh, you know uh, do the instant uh, exchange, like BitPay. Great. The more we get Bitcoin used, the more velocity. B2B, what can't we do? We could actually start linking everything. B2B is huge. If you think about all of the um, required paperwork that is still there, there are so many areas in this world that have not been computerised yet or are only starting to be. Why don't we grab them, put them on the blockchain and make them part of Bitcoin? When an oil tanker comes in right at the moment, it's carrying billions of dollars worth of funds. Why don't we actually have receipts and transactions put on op returns? No, it's not spam. If people are paying for a transaction, it's not spam. Sorry, Luke, not spam. If you have things that you're signing and storing on the blockchain and you're paying for it, it's not spam. Now, yes, you have to keep that there forever. Some people do. People can prune depending on your legal requirements. But if you need to keep it, you don't need to worry because storage doubles faster than Moore's law. If storage is doubling faster than Moore's law, think about it. Right at the moment, anyone... All right, first question. Who knows the biggest hard drive that is now released? No. <laughs> Double it. Yeah. And there's another 200 one coming out this year. They cost a shitload of money, but everything costs a shitload of money when it's first and new. So they're getting bigger. Now, if you're doubling and the blockchain's doubling, basically your cost of storage is not doubling. It's not exponential, as everyone thinks. It's logistic. All Growth curves are logistic. That means it is an S curve. It goes up, it looks exponential, and then it tapers off. Because we've got this little problem here with Bitcoin adoption. Once we hit 5 billion people, it's really, really hard to get the 6 billion. Because trying to get your three year old to um, start Bitcoin wallets and, and trade, <coughs> I mean, it's possible, but it, it's really not going to be worth it. So, B2B. Everything, every industry, everything. Hello,
0: thank you for coming. Uh, as far as I understand, uh, you told us that there should be no kink with the Bitcoin ecosystems. However, I uh, feel like uh, your presentation uh, sounds like
2: I'm the king and follow me. How do you think about this? I'm not. I'm a pariah. I'm an evil person that some people like to um, call fraud. Some of those are going to discover the legal consequences very certain. Well, won't say exactly when and won't say who quite yet, but they're coming. I am part of a company. I want your service. To get that, I need to treat my customers right. Unlike Core, unlike Blockstream, I'm not gonna shove shit down your throat and make you eat it. I will dominate only if people want me to economically, not as an authority, because we bring solutions that people want to use. We will succeed or fail, not because I'm going to be a king, not because I'm the authority and tell you what's right, but because we build things that you want to use. And if you don't want to use it, but 100 million other people do, good. All right, um, we're gonna run out of time for our lunch here,
0: so I don't know if this is gonna be the last question. Let's see.
1: I can't resist to ask another technical one. And Uh uh, first I want to say thanks for all your contributions.
2: The split key thing, type one, could you expand on that? Are you talking about multiplying the private keys and then how would the signature work between the uh, exchange and the user
1: and and what's the advantage versus a type three multi-sig pay to script hash?
2: Smaller transaction. Um, Rather than having to actually sign on on chain, you can have wallet-based signature systems. You can distribute things and have calculations that are done and completed off chain and then Um, Complete on-chain for um, validation. So many uses. Um, At the moment, every time you want to expand your signature system and get it bigger and bigger, you make a bigger transaction. With what we're talking about, we can have a um, N is up to 100 billion by M is up to 100 billion uh, system.
1: And um, do you... Do you protect against all the keys being in the same location at the same time? Yes, they won't be.
2: As a user, you'll have something on your phone, a card, a smart card, or whatever else. It, I mean, um, the system will then be open for people to license by whatever else as well and to extend. I don't want to build everything for the world. I want to give solutions because people build shit better than I do, especially front-ends. Thank you.
0: All right, um, okay, well, well, I don't know. If anyone is really hungry, I mean, go ahead and start taking off downstairs. One more question.
2: Uh, Hi, Craig. Um, Thank you so much for the information session this morning. Um, I am actually from South Africa, and uh, you mentioned two scenarios and case studies of Ghana and Zimbabwe. My question is because I was at a conference in Zimbabwe, I think, a month ago. You know, they have, uh, you rightfully say, you know, the price for Bitcoin will go up. But the challenges in some of the Countries, especially in Africa, is that there isn't a lot of exchanges where people could buy Bitcoin freely, and that even though people want to get Bitcoin in Zimbabwe, for example, there's limited places for them to get it. Another issue they currently having is that they have a limit of $200 to take out of the country every day. So um, there's real, you know, issues in some parts of Africa where even though we'd like to drive Bitcoin, you know, there's a lot of obstacles. That goes down to the whole node versus everything else. We need to make simple solutions. We need to make things that can't be taken and can't be stolen. The idea of a split key system also means that if the exchange is raided, who cares? You can recover your keys after a time lock. If the exchange is hacked, you lose nothing other than time. If you are pulled up, then your keys um, are still recoverable afterwards, which means you're not actually carrying Bitcoin. You have a reason, uh, an access point to get it later, and that can be secured. So what we need to do, as I've been saying, is make simple solutions for people, not try and get everyone to run nodes, to open up financial sovereignty to people everywhere. And that means a lot of Africans, a lot of Indians, and whatever else. Most people have phones more and more every day. Phones are getting cheaper every day. There was a uh, stupid plan years ago, back when I was doing some military contract work, where the Americans actually looked at Moore's law and one of their ways of uh, potential by about 2020 of disseminating information to North Korea was dropping millions of tablets because they they figured there'd be tablet computers that would translate into North Korean by 2020 that they could do for a dollar each. And they could just drop them around to villages and have access to people and allow internet access which would basically ruin control. We need to create simple solutions that anyone can use. We need to open up access and we need to build wallets that are simple to use, that work on any phone, not because you have a node, but safely because you can tap your phone to another person's and exchange. That's what we need to do.
0: All right, thank you.